Now, when I had picked out that hymn, The Solid Rock, I had no idea that those lyrics were in that song, too. So I like it when stuff like that happens. All right, we'll have the sermon brought to us today by our pastor, Lawrence Gregory, entitled The Fig Tree. In uh, Matthew 13, 3, it's written, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, and in John, the 11th chapter, we read, in verse 47, Then gathered the chief priests, and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. So all the many things that Jesus did, parables, miracles, signs, wonders, was the illustration of truth, lessons, examples, and teaching for our benefit. Now, the scriptures tell us that Jesus used over 40 distinct parables and over 30 distinct miracles. But today we're only going to see a part of the relationship between the parables of the, or the parable of the fig tree and the miracle of the fig tree as used by Jesus. Now, let's turn to Luke, the 13th chapter. Jesus was uh, about six months before the last Passover there in the spring. And he says in Luke 13, let me get there real quick. You're probably ahead of me already. Brian's a little quicker than I am on that computer. 13, beginning in verse 6. He spake unto them also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered, answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, you shall cut it down. Now, I'm going to uh, leave this parable here just for a minute and go to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Let's back up. We'll come back to Luke 13 here. Matthew 24. Verse 32 and 33. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So likewise you, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near you even at the doors. So he used this fig tree as an illustration of uh, things that we can kind of observe in current events. We know that uh, in the fig tree, when the figs come first, then the leaves. So if there have leaves on the fig tree, then you know there should be figs there. So that gives us an idea. When we see certain things happening, begin to happen, we know that we're at a particular time of a prophecy. But... Uh, you know, there's a warning here if, and, and a problem as we go back to uh, uh, Luke, the 13th chapter here. He says, a certain man had a fig tree. So let's say the indication is here that the father has this fig tree planted in his vineyard. 
And we know that uh, a vineyard and the vines and fig trees, we'll look at that a little later, are used for uh, symbols of Israel and for individuals. Uh, we'll see that a little later. And he came and he sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard. Now who would be the dresser, the one that is going to prune and take care of uh, the fig tree? Would that be Jesus Christ? He is going to look at the fruit that is on that uh, tree. And of course, he expects fruit. You expect if you're going to have a fig tree to have figs, to have fruit on it. So three years he came and uh, he didn't see any fruit. And his decision then was, why, why, is, it, why is it coming to the ground? A, a fig tree is supposed to produce fruit and figs. So just cut it down. But... Uh, the dresser of the vineyard, the person that was taking care of it, said, well, wait, you know, let's take some time this year. Let's uh, dung around it. Let's fertilize it. And uh, now I know as individuals, we like to, uh, we like to have our R&R, &R, you know, we like to have our rest and recreation and the time goes by. by and, uh, but nobody likes to have, uh, you know, a fertilizer <laughs> in their life the manure, the dung, you know, it seems unpleasant, but it has a place, doesn't it, to produce fruit in that fig tree. So sometimes, you know, bad things happen to good people. That's, there was a book written about that, and, and we know that, uh, uh, and in verse 9, there's a, there's a warning here that uh, if we don't bear fruit, then a person can be cut down, but a person that's bearing fruit uh, should be able to... Uh, Continue on, even though it might be uh, a lack, some, some slackness in uh, produce, but if the vine dresser is uh, taking care of it and pruning it and fertilizing it and watering it and taking care of it, uh, and that fig tree is not dead, it's responsive, it's going to uh, produce fruit. And the question was, uh, you know, why is it cumbering up the ground? Why is it just here, just existing, just useless, just not... Uh, producing anything. So want to make sure, brethren, that we, you and I, if we consider that we are a fig tree, that, that we're bearing fruit. Now, in uh, thinking about this, and I think I probably shared this little story uh, a few years ago, but uh, when I was a young boy, we lived in Arizona, and uh, this was in the early 50s, and my oldest sister, her husband was in the military, he was in Korea, and so she was living with us there in Arizona. And this was in the early 50s, I was probably oh, maybe 10 years old or so. And uh, she had uh, given me 50 cents and wanted me to go to the, to the trading post, Fort Thomas, it was about a mile away, and I rode my bicycle to get her a couple of packs of cigarettes. And so uh, I rode my bicycle down there. There was, a, in the Fort Thomas, there was a couple of little uh, a trading posts, a post office, a gas station, one pump, some groceries, and then there were, around the curve, there was another grocery store. Then there was a bar with a cafe in it, and that was the uh, Fort Thomas settlement. And the school was up on the hill where I went to uh, school. Now, on the way down there to get those uh, cigarettes for her, um, I got to thinking, boy, I'd sure like to have some fig cookies. And uh, so when I got down there, I got one of these big packs of uh, Fig Newtons or Newton Fig cookies and went back home thinking, you know, who would want a cigarette when you could have a fig cookie, you know? And uh, so I got back home and you talk about an upset sister and a riot. I mean, my sister was, uh, and I can understand now, maybe in adulthood, why somebody would want a cigarette over a fig cookie. But... Uh, then it sounded a lot better to have a fig cookie than to have uh, a uh, cigarette. But uh, later uh, she got her cigarettes. And then this morning uh, I was kind of uh, uh, interested in the um, casual thing here that um, in the Tulsa World newspaper there was an article there on growing fig trees in Tulsa. And he was uh, the uh, Barry Fugit who uh, grows fig trees saying that Sometimes in the winter, several times, you know, it's, it can be pretty rough on a fig tree, but uh, 
they respond very well and uh, in the summertime and they have very sweet fruit and uh, so he said that uh, just a couple of things here's what I really like about figs they are amazingly heat and drought tolerant they never need spraying and they are highly nutritious and the fruit is super sweet when allowed to sun ripen on the trees fig trees also are quite beautiful they typically grow 10 to 12 feet tall and wide in the Tulsa area and I thought that was uh, real interesting that this article was in the paper this morning on uh, fig trees and growing them and you might ask now here as we uh, Consider uh, some things here. Um, the likeness, well, well, we'll come to that a little later here. Uh, first, I want to switch and go to the miracle of the fig tree, and then we'll come back. We're going to kind of uh, uh, turn back and forth on uh, New Testament and Old Testament scriptures here. Mark, the 11th chapter. And in verse uh, 12 through 14, Mark 11. And on the morrow, this was Sunday morning after his uh, Sabbath entry into uh, Jerusalem, the uh, triumphal entry when he went in on the riding on that colt, the foal of an ass. And this was Sunday morning. When they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. So it's about a two-mile walk from where they were staying into Jerusalem. So that exercise gave him an appetite. And seeing a fig tree afar off and having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now notice, he saw this fig tree afar off. Then when he got closer, because it had a lot of bushy leaves, he thought, and it was a time, there should be some fruit on it. But there wasn't any. So does that give us something to think about? You know, how do we look? Are we bushy? Are we showy? Do we have any fruit in our life, or are we just all showmanship? Are we all just vanity and ego and, uh, you know, uh, hypocritical? That's, that's the word we use when a person is an actor. They don't have the fruit, but they've got the show. They go through the uh, motions. And so he expected fruit, but there wasn't any fruit. So what was the consequence? He said... Uh, Curse that fig tree. Let it not uh, bear fruit. Now, let's interrupt here. I, I don't know if I gave this uh, scripture to uh, Brian, but let's go to uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter, just briefly, because we've been there so many times and we're so familiar with this. But uh, in Galatians 5.22 are listed, verse 22 and verse 23, the nine fruits of the Spirit of God. And we're so familiar with uh, so many, we have so many messages on love and mercy and peace. But the ninth one is what I want to focus on just a moment because it seems like, you know, uh, we don't think a lot about this. The, the ninth fruit is temperance. Temperance. Now that means moderation and self-control. Just think, if we had more self-control... How much better health would our citizens have? Now I know if you keep up on statistics, you know what's happening in our society and in our populace and in the health and the things that people are eating and drinking that are contributing to their unhealthy conditions. Think of the government. If the government exercised more moderation and more control, how much better would uh, things be for us if individually if the citizens would have more control, more self-control, more moderation, just think of how different our society would be. It wouldn't be so radical and so chaos. Our economy wouldn't be so out of whack. If we exercise more self-control, 
And I know that's uh, not a popular thing to, to think about, but these fruits, I'll just lead, read through them real quickly here. Uh, we're so familiar with them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. So these are good, positive fruits. We're not going to compare the works of the flesh that are listed before in those uh, uh, I think uh, 17 works of the flesh that are uh, listed here. But we've read here just from the paper about the fig, how it's uh, sweet, nutritious. And uh, just curious, how many of us like fig cookies? Oh, aren't they yummy? Figs, figs. Been buying those for many years. Now they've got uh, different kinds of uh, like fig cookies made out of different fruits. And the whole wheat, the whole grain figs, that, that's the ones I like to get, that have the whole wheat and the uh, fig. And uh, they used to have bigger packages, but now they're just like two, in a, two rows in a package. So you, you, you pay a lot more and you get less than when I was a kid, when you get these big four packers. You remember those with four rows of figs? Oh, boy, those were so yummy. Uh, am I making you have hungry yet? Okay. Uh, so these gifts, let me ask you. How sweet are we? Oh, that's the sweetest person. That's just like a yummy fig. <laughs> you ever think of a person as a sweet fig? Some of you are shaking your head. Yeah, you're weird. I mean, tell you what. <laughs> I see some nodding heads. They're thinking, there's a sweet fig. My wife is a sweet fig. Or, or that Mr. I won't call any names. That guy's a sweet fig. Well... Anyway, the opposite of that is the negative about the warning about being cut down and about being, what, what do you do with something, what are they going to do with all this brush that's blown over and broken down dead and the trees? They're going to burn it. Oh, well, I guess they're chipping it up, chipping it up to make uh, mulch for uh, a lot of it for uh, gardening and landscaping. So, and it used to, I don't know what they do now, they used to burn a lot of the uh, uh, trash and garbage, but you can't do that anymore. Your limbs and things, um, they've taken that all away and changed all of that. So, But the warning is that a negative hypocrite, person that's not bearing fruit, how much fruit are we bearing? And is God dressing us and fertilizing us so that we'll produce more fruit? Okay. Well, let's, let's stay here. Uh, I left. Let's go back to Mark, the 11th chapter. Um, there's more here, Mark 11. And um, verse 20. And in the morning, now he stayed all day Sunday there, teaching and preaching in, in the temple area, then went on home to Bethany, came back uh, the next morning after, because it was evening when he got, uh, when he left Jerusalem. And Monday morning, verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Now this is why this is an illustration of why he did that. This was just wasn't an incidental thing. This was to teach lessons, an illustration, a living example of what he wants us to get out of this. Jesus answering Peter said unto them, to the disciples, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be ye removed, and be you cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, 
Forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, I know over the years, many times, um, praying individuals and Christians uh, are surprised sometimes. They believe and they pray and then something happens and they get a response to their prayer and uh, well, it, it's, it's a surprise, it's amazing. How much would our prayers be revolutionized if we really believed and expected the answer and it occurred? Sometimes we don't pray strong enough and believing enough. Our prayers are superficial, but we can look back over many years, I'm sure every one of us who have prayed look back and we say, you know, my prayer was answered, that prayer was answered, that prayer is being answered. And uh, so we're not surprised, but sometimes a person is amazed that uh, something actually happens and occurs, that uh, their prayer was answered. Now, Couched in with this is the warning, brethren, that the lack of faith, the lack of uh, fruit, the lack of being a productive fig tree can bring about uh, destruction. It can bring about uh, uh, cursing and removal from the ground. Now, let's see. I want to uh, go to... Um, Jeremiah, the 24th chapter. I think I got, might have got just a little bit ahead in my notes there, but let's go back to Jeremiah, the uh, 24th chapter. We're going to look at a few Old Testament scriptures here. And um, verse 4, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. Now this is uh, in the days of uh, the captivity of Judah in the uh, 6th and the 5th century, 606, 599 to 592 and 586, when uh, Jerusalem and the temple was overthrown and uh, Babylon was taking them into captivity. So uh, there were good citizens, we'll say that, good citizens of Judah that were going to be taken into captivity. And I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And they did come back 70 years later, as is prophesied by other prophets, Jeremiah and, and others, uh, and they returned to the land. And you know you've got history of that in the scriptures and secular history of their return. Now, verse 8 and as the evil figs, which cannot be eaten, they are so evil. Surely thus says the Lord, so will I give Zedekiah the king of Judah and his princes and the residue of Jerusalem that remain in this land and then that dwell in the land of Egypt. And I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt to be a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse in all places whither I shall drive them. And I will send the sword, the famine, the pestilence among them till they be consumed from off the land that I give unto them and to their fathers. So we have here an illustration of good figs, good people, good citizens who went into captivity. And they were able to have some uh, freedom and some prosperity and, and some livelihood and to be able to uh, worship God and to be able to do good things even in a state of captivity, even in a state of uh, difficulty. And then they returned with God's direction and leading back 70 years later. But the evil fruits like Zedekiah who was blinded, put out and uh, taken captive and uh, uh, suffered the consequences of uh, refusal to be a good citizen to uh, God. Now in uh, Joel, the first chapter, Minor prophet. The uh, 
Joel 1, 6 through 7. For a nation is come upon my land. Now Joel is prophesying earlier during the time of the uh, 7th century, uh, the Assyrian uh, intrusion against the Israel nations and the Israel people. And without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the cheek teeth of a great lion. He has laid, ma laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. He has made it clean bare and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. So here God likens, we know in some uh, scriptural examples of Israel as a vine bearing fruit. Uh, we, we're not talking about that today. And here as a fig tree. Israel as a fig tree, as a nation, was supposed to bring forth fruit and was not doing so. Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Now these uh, early few verses here, Jesus used those to refer to himself and the quoting about the Spirit of God was upon him and the reason to uh, bring conversion and healing and to uh, proclaim liberty and uh, some prophecy of his uh, coming time and uh, to comfort all that mourn. So he applied the first few verses of Isaiah 61 to himself in his ministry and in his work. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and uh, you're familiar with this. But I want to read here uh, verse uh, 3, and he's continuing on here. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that, he's going to do all of these things, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So the individual that God is working with and Christ is working with, and you and I are called trees. Now, I saw uh, years ago and then just recently, a few months ago, you saw the, uh, you, you probably remember this on the television, the news, the reporter, was uh, talking to uh, George Bush, the president, and she asked him, she says, you know, uh, if, if you were to be, uh, identify yourself as a tree, what kind of tree would you pick? And he said, obviously I'd pick a bush. <laughs> a bush playoff. Is, how many of you remember that little funny that was, that he came back to her? She wasn't probably expecting that answer. She thought, well, maybe a big rugged oak tree or a pecan tree or a pear tree or whatever. Uh, we're righteous in this room. I'm talking to, uh, let's see, 82, 82 folks today, children included. Here's a question. What kind of tree are you? What kind of tree am I? How big? How bushy? Just a trade shade tree, an ornamental tree, a fruit tree. What's our fruit like? Is it sweet? Is it good? Is it edible? Is it plentiful? Or is it all just show? All just leaves? What kind of a tree are we? Planted of the Lord. God has looked down. He has called us. And I don't know. Maybe some might be a Scraggly old, ugly-looking tree, you know. You've seen them. Uh, some might be a beautiful tree. We've seen those. There aren't trees, are, you know. Uh, we can thank God that we have trees for the birds. God made trees for birds to be able to, to uh, roost in and live in and fly in. Just think if we didn't have any trees, all the birds would be on the ground. And... Uh, so, and off for osmosis and to convert, you know, look at all the trees and all the forests around to change uh, nitrogen into oxygen and to make air so we can breathe. And they add beauty. And uh, I know one time, I'm just going to say this, I had a lady that no longer meets with us here, but uh, she got upset because of these ornamental uh, trees in the corner of our sanctuary here. And she was putting it down because they were pagan and everything. And I said, well, now wait a minute. 
I said, those trees have been there. They're just artificial. Uh, by the way, I think I'm going to, uh, well, I was going to say who provided them for the church, but I better not mention the name. Okay. But I said, we don't decorate those trees up uh, like Christmas trees or ornaments, or we don't worship them. Uh, we don't use them in our service any. All they are are just decorations like these little things in the window with the little flowers and the little uh, birds, artificial birds in it. See, you've seen those things. We have decorations around the, uh, and I said, we're not going to take them out. We're going to leave them here. And uh, she was real offended because we had these bushes. Now, are you going to stop coming to services here because of these? I said, look at, we got trees out on our yard. You've got forests. You've pro you might have some trees in your yard. You going to cut those all down? Uh, are you going to cut down all the trees in the world because they're pagan? Trees aren't pagan, are they? We make them pagan. We cut them down. We bring them in. We decorate them. We put our Christmas. We don't. But people do, you know. We, we used to. We, we used to. You better not be doing that. We used to do that. But, we, you know, we don't do that. We know about trees. And, uh, okay, um, let's see. Let's go to Matthew. I think I've, uh, let, me, let me see if I can catch up on my notes here. Um, You know, let's go to uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter. I think I've just kind of skipped around here um, and, and talking and turning here. Matthew, the 11th chapter. And um, verse 21. No, that's, excuse me. Mark, go back to Mark eleven twenty one. Mark eleven twenty one. You know, I already referred to that. Okay, here's what happened. Uh, just so you'll know. Okay, I have my notes all orderly in all my pages. Then I wrote the scriptures down to give to Brian so that he would give. And what happens is in going, looking at one note and then another note, I got out of sequence. So please excuse me for that, but that's okay. Let's go on to Micah, the fourth chapter here. Micah 4, and uh, I think Steve was uh, quoting this passages here or from Isaiah the second chapter uh, a few weeks ago so we won't go into about the prophecies of the last day and about the kingdom of God being established uh, I just want to come down to verse 4 but they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and none shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it so the time of that is predicted, both Old Testament and New Testament, a millennial time of blessing and a time of great peace is likened to a time when people are going to sit under their vine and under their fig tree. Now, uh, vines grow pretty low unless you have a vine arbor. And you've seen these uh, uh, trellises built up in arbors where the grapes are growing overhead and then you can go and you can pick the grapes from overhead. But uh, most... Uh, vineyards, we know that there are staked up vines that are staked and the grapes are low, uh, close to the ground. So uh, we can understand the reference here to vine, the grapes, the fruit, the peacefulness, and all the benefit that comes from the grapes, but also from the fig tree and all the sweetness and all the good. And it's emblematic of a time millennial uh, peace and blessing, Zechariah, the third chapter. Now, uh, Zechariah had lived in the fifth century, and he had prophesied a number of uh, through a number of visions and things of uh, the uh, 
All the things that were going to come on Israel. And uh, let's go to the third chapter, Zechariah, because without, without spending a lot of time on uh, all of the uh, different uh, verses here, uh, let me get my notes back to Zechariah, the third chapter, and um, verse 8. Here now, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your fellows that sit before you, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch, and behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes, behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. And verse 10, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, shall you call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. So here again is a different prophecy of a time coming when the um, millennial time will be predicted by a person enjoying their a fig tree and the sweetness of that. John, the first chapter. And verse 43 through 51. And the day following, Jesus would go. This was at the beginning of his ministry now, 33 AD. Uh, the day following... Jesus would go forth into, uh, not 33 A.D., excuse me, about, 20, about 27 A.D. Uh, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find a fellow and said unto him, Follow me. So he looked up, found, searched out Philip. Now Philip was at uh, Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, we found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now notice this. They, they were looking for and they found Jesus. And they were looking for, Jesus was looking for different disciples and found them. And then they went and they were looking for others and found them. And uh, verse 46, Nathanael said unto him, Can there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him from a distance, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, because he must have been close enough as he was coming up to hear what Jesus commented about him. Nathanael said unto him, Which know you me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called you, when you was under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Master, you're the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree, believe you, you shall see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now we're not told, we can only speculate. And I know different ones have speculated about this and I tend to put some merit in their speculation and I like the idea. What was it that Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree that so impressed Jesus that he saw, he knew from in his spirit, he knew. Was Nathaniel praying? Was he righteous? Was he looking for, because he said they found, they, they found the one, and then he was a little skeptical at first, but then he accepted. When he saw that miracle, obviously, that Jesus was doing here, to say, I saw you, even you were distanced. I, I know what you were doing. And whatever it was impressed Nathaniel so much. How many of us were just living our life like ordinary citizens and going about? Yeah, maybe we were, maybe we were trying to be good 
uh, maybe we're trying to be in a church or good Christians or good followers of God. And then the invitation, the call of God came to us. And we knew whatever means, the radio, television, the person, the family member, the booklet, the article, the spirit of God, whatever, we knew that God was revealing himself to us and that we were knowing that Jesus Christ, how many of us have been so impressed? God, I thank you. Yes, maybe we were sinners. Yes, maybe we were trying to be good, trying to be involved and trying to serve him, and, and God separated us out from that other confusion of erroneous religion and brought us to Jesus Christ personally. How impressed we were. How many things have we seen since? We've seen miracles. We've seen miraculous healings. Yes, we'd like to see more. But over the years, we've seen wonderful doors open, things that have happened. We know bad things have happened, but out of it, good has, has come. And we could all stand up and begin to testify and witness and say, you know, this first looked like a bad thing, but then it turned out to be good. And so it was a blessing from God that that happened rather than a curse. And so Nathaniel was so impressed here that Jesus Christ knew what he was what he was doing under that fig tree. So, uh, like I said, I've heard it said that he was probably praying or doing his obedience or righteousness, you know, and thinking and meditating or whatever. That was good. Whatever it was, Jesus come, uh, commended him on it being good. And so, I like that, that maybe Nathaniel was uh, trying to do good and uh, God blessed him. Now, let's go to uh, the Old Testament to uh, some additional scriptures. We've got uh, three more scripture areas here to look at and um, go to 2 Kings, the 20th chapter. 2 Kings 20. And verse 7. Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil. And he recovered. Now this is when Hezekiah was sick and had a boil. And so medicinally he used the fig to draw the poisons out of that boil and to uh, uh, help him. So here is the medicinal value of the fig and... Uh, Used in, a, used in a good way, acceptable way here. Let's go to Judges, the ninth chapter. And beginning of verse 7. Judges 9. Now this was in a time about oh, the 12th century before, before there was king, kings of Israel and kings of Judah. And uh, Israel was uh, served and administrated by judges. And um, without, without going through all of the story here, let's, let's pick up in verse uh, 7. And when they told it to Jotham, uh, Jotham was one of the, the, the younger sons of Gideon, who had been a previous judge. He went out and stood at the top of Mount Gerizim. Well, uh, to tell, bring up a little story, I was going to bring the uh, Bible Smith's Bible Dictionary, read a little bit about Ahimelech, who was uh, a pretender to the throne, who murdered all of the sons of uh, Gideon except for Jotham. And he had killed 70 of the descendants of uh, Gideon and set himself up as uh, the king out of his vanity and ego. He set himself up and was accepted by the Shechemites and part of Israel as a king. Now, this was uh, several hundred years before uh, Saul and David and uh, the uh, king kingdom that God had uh, determined to establish through David and uh, Solomon and uh, originally Saul. But uh, that was a couple of hundred years before this. Well, anyway, and just read here. You can read the story previous couple of chapters and following. Uh, and when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood up in the top of Mount Gerizim and lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, Hearken unto me, you men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, Reign you over us. 
But the olive tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness, wherewith by me they honor God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? And the tree said to the fig tree, Come you and reign over us. And the fig tree said, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit, and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said the trees unto the vine, Come you and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my vine, which cheereth God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come you and reign over us. And the bramble said unto the trees, If in truth you anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow, and if not, let fire come down out of the bramble, come out of the bramble, and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now therefore, if you have done truly and sincerely in that you have made Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Zerubbabel and his house, and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hands, for my father fought for you, and adventured his life far and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. Now this is uh, Jotham still speaking. And you are risen up against my father's house this day and have slain his sons, three score and ten per seventy persons, upon one stone and have made Abimelech the son of his maidservant king over the men of Shechem because he is your brother. If you then have dealt truly and sincerely with Zerubbabel, and with his house this day, then rejoice you in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out of, from Abimelech, and devour the men of Shechem, and the house of Milo. And let fire come out from the men of Shechem, and from the house of Milo, and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away, and fled, and went to Beer, and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech, his brother. And so what happened, you can read this story after a few years, then the men of Shechem, they rose up and uh, got rid of Abimelech uh, from uh, being the king because he was a pretender to the throne and uh, was uh, not really continuing the uh, judgeship that God had uh, determined that they were to, Israel was to have for those few years until the time of Saul and uh, David and Solomon. Now one more uh, reference here in closing today. Let's go back to Genesis, the third chapter. And uh, you're all familiar with this already. You know what's coming up here. And uh, Genesis, the third chapter, was uh, when uh, God had given instruction to Adam and Eve and told them about the tree of life and the tree of righteousness. And uh, there's a lot that could be said about that, but we'll just skip over anyway. Uh, they were tempted by Satan and they uh, sinned. Adam uh, listened to Eve and the, both of them sinned. And in verse 7, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Sewed fig leaves. Now, in our pre-meeting, the guys were laughing and talking about fig leaves are kind of rough and itchy and which way were they inside or outside or whatever. You know, they, had, they were interested in the discussion about the fig leaves. And uh, I don't know if they sewed them wrong side out or whatever. I don't know. Uh, they, were, they were suitable. They were fig leaves covering their nakedness because they knew they had sinned. It came, knowledge came to them that they had sinned. Well, and you know, in the early days, uh, they did give, uh, because we know from scriptures, they did give sacrifices and offerings, and Adam and Eve worshiped and praised God. And so, because later Cain and Abel, remember when, when there was altercation between Cain and Abel, and Cain rose up and slew Abel because, you know, he gave vegetables instead of a, a burnt offering or, or a, a sacrifice. And uh, so, let's just skip past this. Adam called his wife's name Eve, verse 20, because she was the mother of all living. And uh, we mentioned that here a while back about, and let me say this again, just because some might not have been here or didn't hear. Uh, when you consider what's going on in the world today of uh, abortion and uh, the right to life and uh, when uh, human life begins and uh, the 
whether it's in a trimester or the first breath that the baby takes, if, if everybody would just understand and recognize that every human being, life began back when God breathed into Adam the breath of life. Then he took Eve and he made her a living soul and Adam and Eve have children. And all human life, that little baby in the womb is a baby, is a human. And the life came from the living sperm and the living egg of those two and combined. And that little conception is a continuation of life that goes clear back to Adam and clear back to Eve. Eve is the mother of all living. Whatever color of skin or whatever uh, male or female or whatever uh, ethnicity, Eve is the mother of all living. And unto Adam, verse 21, also, and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Now, I don't know if they were finished leather. I don't know if the hair was outside or inside. I don't know. Perhaps we can ask Adam and Eve, were those fig leaves itchy, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something that we can find out about. But doesn't seem like that maybe whether it was from a sacrifice, an animal that they had sacrificed and worshiped to God, or whether God just went out and killed, uh, and I don't know if it was a buffalo or if it was a calf or a cow or whatever, you know, it was uh, probably some clean animal that uh, he made this coat of skin. And I don't know if it was really tanned leather uh, or if it was, uh, had still had the rough hair on it. We don't know any of that. We can only speculate. But we do know this, that God first accepted the fig leaf covering of Adam and Eve, and then he made it better by giving them the animal uh, skin covering. Now, we have uh, just looked briefly at the uh, parable and the miracle of the fig tree, and we've looked at uh, the important significance of a fig tree and likening to the fruit and the righteousness of a tree in an individual basis. So uh, we know there are many other lessons uh, perhaps uh, we can look at in the future. But uh, for today, let's learn the lessons from Jesus' words about the parable and the miracle of the fig tree. And just ask ourselves, how sweet am I? How much fruit am I bearing? Uh, am I all just show? Am I uh, growing and uh, bearing fruit and accepted by God in a useful way? Or am I just cumbering up the ground and I'm, I'm just existing? Which way is it? What will be my destiny as a tree of righteousness before God?